Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello, welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Ketepehe koutou, how are you all? Well, how am I? Today, I'm a little sad. I was doing some prep before work for my D&D games coming up this week, and I was thinking about my amazing Thursday group, my Ghosts of Salt Marsh Thursday group. They called themselves the Five, and, well, two of the players have left, for good reasons, so it's down to three. So the Five is now only three players and this will be the first session coming up without them so one only joined for a short while like a long while he was around for a while but like it I knew it was going to be a short while because his home group was on a long break um, and they play on a Thursday and so he was looking for a game for the Thursday that he could do but um, they're back now like suddenly they weren't really supposed to be back until March but um, they decided to start back up and he was like, oh, no, I have to leave. Um, so we had almost no time to prep for it. But I still managed to work in uh, a reason for him to leave that made sense. Thank goodness. Um, sad for us, but great for him. You know, like he's really excited to be back with his home group. And, um, you know, starting another campaign with returning characters and and um continuing that storyline how many of us have got that game that was awesome with our friends that we played that we wish we could have kept playing but we couldn't for life reasons kids or timing didn't work or you know people moved away or things change um he's getting the opportunity to do that so I want him to go and do that and live his best life and go be playing games with his besties um like all of us wish that we could do you know um and the other player uh, will be back eventually uh, after his retraining with New Zealand Defence is done. You know, it's kind of hard to play D&D at a regular time when you don't always have internet. And you might be pretending you're in trenches in the middle of BFE, but in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> whether, whether Army Trains is actually um, at the base of a mountain, um, Mount Taranaki, um, and... Um, Oh, no, not Mount Taranaki. What am I up to? Mount Ruapehu um, in the middle of what we call the Desert Road sort of area. And it's it's super tussocky and there's hills everywhere and there's big old trench crevices everywhere. It's 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 pretty harsh terrain. Um, occasionally when you're driving through there, you'll see army vehicles sort of like, um, you know, the big ones with the, the tank treads and stuff or the the huge Humvees that carry like masses of um, soldiers in the back, you know, like that kind of stuff. You'll see them doing um, exercises and stuff. And sometimes they do like blank fire exercises and stuff of, of yeah, it, it's crazy. Anyway, um, it's, it's um, yeah, when it happens, like you're not supposed to pull over and stop and have a look, but people do. Um, so, yeah, so he's he's out until he kind of finishes his retraining so he he has been in a formation like a various part of defense for a while Uh, it's just that he's going to be in a job where he has to kind of do this like 
kind of like making sure he's up to speed and, and checking that he remembers everything and his fitness levels are at the right level and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then he gets to go back to like office, jobby, normal hours-y kind of thing. So he'll be back when that happens. So, um, but to celebrate, I'm going to share, celebrate, like kind of, you know what I mean? Like to celebrate for them having awesome things happen in their lives I'm going to share some of the chat they had in the discord and character between sessions I asked if they minded if I shared it because I really wanted to um and they said that they want to cut if I get famous so I agreed because that's not really (laughs) likely um uh so I'll try not to give spoilers as such but if you're avoiding knowing anything about the Ghosts of Saltmarsh campaign at all that's going to be pretty tough if you listen to my podcast so sorry but um, let's outline where they are in the Ghosts of Saltmarsh campaign so their chat makes sense. So in this particular piece, they've been tasked by the Saltmarsh Council to travel to the Lizardfolk Glare to find out everything they can about why they're trying to buy weapons, um, the strength of their fighting force and who exactly they're planning on fighting and why, you know. Um, when they got there, the Queen Othakent deliberated over this information that they wanted, um, which her minister sort of translated to her because, you know, she doesn't speak common, um, and asked them to sort of wait uh, for her decision. But while they waited, they were welcome to explore the lair. Most doors would be open to the party and they could talk to the various folk that live there, investigate themselves, who they were and how they lived their lives and stuff. And kind of um, in doing so, that would tell Arthur Kent about them you know um so the party was a little confused uh as to what they were exactly supposed to do but but the mechanics of this situation is the more people that they interact with and the better they interact with the people basically the better this goes it's kind of a point system which you know I chose not to tell the players but I did very much keep um like what's that word uh where you just ram things into like ram the point down their throat that um Othakent really wanted them to interact with the lizard folk um and that would tell her things about them so she kept saying that um she she didn't know who they were and she didn't know whether she could trust them she didn't know whether they would respect the lizard folk ways so you know, them wandering around the lair and learning about the lizard folk would maybe tell them a bit about them or tell her a bit about them as they did so. So I kept ramming that point. But the point is um, the more people they interact with, the more opportunities they have to earn points and they need to earn a certain amount of points before they will earn Othakin's trust, basically. Um, so uh, they sort of got the point. Like they didn't really know what was going on and they like they're a little frustrated they couldn't just fight somebody because you know they've got a very fighty party um but this chapter is not really about that so uh they had to do something else for a change so yeah um so she would be back to tell them her decision after the feast tonight basically giving them a timeline you know so they knew it wasn't just like how long do we have to do this we have to just do this forever now um So they had a day exploring the lair, talking to folks they found, recording information for the council. They were still very aware of, like, recording how many um, fighters there were and all of that kind of stuff. Um, One of them was drawing pictures of of people and places, and, and yeah, that was quite cool. Um, And we find the party on their way to the feast chatting about what they've found. 
won't tell you too much about um, who it was that they interacted with or anything because that's spoilers that we can avoid. But um, yeah, they they are basically walking down a corridor talking to each other on their way to dinner. And that's where we join them. I'll tell you about who they are as they're talking. So the first person that's talking is Hob. Hob is a halfling ranger. Hob wrote, as we make, as they make their way towards dinner, talking somewhat quietly amongst themselves, Hob has a go at summarizing some bits in his head. Right you are, fellows. So we have an aggressive experience expansionist Sahuagin force of an as yet unknown size driving back the isolationist lizard folk having destroyed their home and killed a great many. A Sahuagin force also at war with the sea elves and enough of a common or growing threat that the local merfolk and Lokathar have come to parlay. Enough of a potential threat that even the arsehole sea obgoblin lot showed up to gauge the value of an alliance already packed up and fucking off though. What a waste of space they turned out to be. Well I'm thinking... Shut it, Niall, it does happen, that even should the Saltmarsh Council have no heart or feel or no moral obligation to put push back evil or stubbornly refuse this opportunity to forge an amazing alliances, bloody opportunity of ten lifetimes this. Even then, even then, they'll likely see it to be in their best shellfish interest to ensure they're not driven back from the ocean's edge themselves. They can't be affording to lose their livelihoods with the trade routes and fishing territories and whatnot. Any of you lot happen to know where the salt marshes and the good books with the provincial lords of Salamore, or whether the Kingdom of Keel and Big Folk would give two spits? At least... It's worth warning coastal towns around this Azure Sea from here's to Grazil and so on. And certainly better be doing that once we've got an alliance sorted. Torsten, who's a human fighter slash bard, says, Ah, well that's a bloody good question. Bruder, who's a dwarf cleric, says, I don't know much about the local politics, but I keep wondering why now. I would imagine Sahuagin haven't been friends of lizard folk pretty much ever. So what gave them the edge to drive back our lizard friends all the way to their mum's basement this time? What if Sahuagin found a new weapon or a new ally? Driving back evil is a tough sell to any politician. And I doubt the lords of the land are in much fear of the threat from the sea, but they do tend to mobilise once the threat comes knocking on their door. Perhaps if we find out just how far and how strongly the Sahuagin are aiming to push this aggression, we'll be able to rally more support. Niall, the human barbarian, we were told to investigate the lizard folk lair and see if they were a threat. This is what we do here. You need to watch your tongue, Hob. You have no right to a promise an alliance of this size. If you want to throw yourself headfirst at these beasts from the sea, but don't drag the people of Saltmarsh into this, I get it. They were pushed out of their homes, but at this point... That is not our problem. We didn't even know about this until a day or so ago. We need more facts to give the council and then they will decide what happens next. Hob. I don't speak for no folk but myself, you clod. I'll be certainly a-hoping the Saltmarshians make the good call and I can make my own choice aside from that. Your job's getting done, but they ain't all I'm about. I'm a-hoping... There be more to you than shallow waters. Niall, do what you want. But if you come between me and finishing this job the right way, I will put you down myself. Hob. Now look here, pork chop. 
and this three-foot waif of a halfling looks up sternly at the towering figure of Niall. How about you leave it off with the childish threats and save all that knee-jerk aggression and blood and thirst for some actual enemies? You're one of a merry band of fine individuals and you're not the governor. Chip in with some helpful thoughts and insights or go back to quietly chewing wasps. Speaking of which, what do lizard folk like to eat? He looks to the group of them. What kind of meal are we walking towards? Niall, you hear a grunt and an inaudible mumble. They eat over confident halflings. And he walks away. Thorsten. Thorsten nudges Hob as they're walking down the corridor after Niall walks away. Now play nice, short fry. Last thing we want is old lightning eyes here to get angry. Once he gets carried away, it's hard to stop him. Rill, who's a water genasi druid, I hear they do a pretty good stew, and the roast smelled good. And what if the Sahuagin are themselves being driven back by some even greater threat, and that's why they're intruding? We could end up with a chain reaction, ending with the lizard folk and others being forced onto land, something Saltmarsh would surely care about. Bruder, agreed. This whole war smells fishy to me. Real, completely deadpan. Well, that's to be expected. And so they went to the fest, where the Queen revealed that she actually spoke common as she spoke to them directly about the war they found themselves in and the allies they were trying to secure, realising that they had actually gone and spoken to the emissaries of those allies themselves, shushing her advisor as she did so. She asked them for one more favour, to prove their worth as fighters, as well to ensure that her face is not misplaced. They had a minor croc issue. As lizard folk themselves, they're unable to kill the croc for sacred religious reasons, but if the croc was killed by others, well, that's life, and she would take the head as a trophy for her uh, royal throne room and as a sign of respect to the croc itself. Their party agreed to help fairly enthusiastically and set off, but on the way they interrupted a troop of bullywugs carrying gold including a king of bullywugs who rode on a giant toad it was a fun fight and we joined the party again in the aftermath of such hob a heavily heavily loaded question as hob scurries around collecting and tending his arrows he calls out to the others i know it's not even lunchtime yet but do you think we should report all this back to the lizard folk? The little chap gestures around at the various bodies. That we happen to have dispatched a heap, a small army of frog folk? Or shall we carry on and sort out a presumably giant croc of some sort? Thorsten, breathing heavily, looks around the battlefield of dead toads. I think we need a bit of a breather before, when we continue on, Hob. Well... I don't know about you being up that tree, but I definitely could use a break. Niall, I'm madly slashing the giant toad corpse. Hob, although toads do not usually gather together, and when they do, they are known as a knot of toads. Bruder, how did the hell did that pile of treasure end up in the middle of the swamp? Not complaining, however, but I am curious. Also, if we just killed the king of frog people, have we technically created a power vacuum which we could fill? Hey, Rill, do you speak their language? Can we proclaim you the new king of frog people and make them pledge allegiance to the lizard folk cause? If you don't want to rule, that's cool. You could turn their monarchy into some sort of rule of the people. As a king, you could totally do that. Hob, 
goes to head over to Thorsten. Are you injured? He gives Nyala wide berth, and on hearing Bruder speak up too, the halfling looks to Rill expectantly. Nyal shouts out, added with the cracking sound of thunder, and falls to his knees, breathing heavily. The thunder is very loud. Torsten looks down at Hob. I'm fine. It's just a wee cut. Nothing major there, Hob. But a short rest would be good right now. Hob, fizz juice, Torsten. Shall we move away from the bodies by a fair bit and get a pot of tea on or something? Fucking hells! Are you, um... Hurt? Niall? Niall, you get no response. Rill, I certainly didn't understand anything they said, and I could use a breather before moving on, though. Hob. All right, then. How about I sort out a spot of lunch and some strong tea while someone gently checks on Niall there? The stench of blood here will soon bring in the local predators. If we're lucky, we won't even need to go searching for the crocodile. It'll find us. So they continued on their way after a short rest to find this croc. They found him all right, and in the interest of not doing spoilers, they found a big fight, with capitals on the B and the F. Characters went down, but were kept alive by their friends, barely, and we joined the party in the aftermath of that fight. Waking up from his deep slumber, Hob appreciatively folds Niall's coat and sets it near the fellow and then sets about preparing a warm, nourishing drink for anyone interested. Once everyone was awake or stirring, the fresh-faced halfling hands out beverages. So, so, anyone got plans or preferences? Popping back to deliver the croc keg? Following up on the toad or frog situation and then heading back to Saltmarsh to check in with the council? Anyone got preferences or other plans afoot? Niall will start this morning with yoga, a stretching routine, followed with some sword drills. Torsten, still half asleep when being handed this beverage, is only partially taking in what Hob has said. Ah, I think that's a good plan, Hob. Up, toad, head and all. Toad, head. Yep, that... Niall, I'll finish my routine and take the drink and say, we should focus on returning this head to the queen. The longer it stays out here, the longer it has to deteriorate, and then Niall will try and find a way to strap the head to his back. They headed back to the queen, and she was most impressed. She sent two emissaries with them to Saltmarsh to start forming a treaty of sorts in the coming war, and the party returned home to Saltmarsh. Two of the players left in that session, Hob to start the formation of a supply chain for weapons that'll be needed in the coming war, and Torsten with him for protection. I will miss them dearly, and I will miss their chat. I hope you enjoyed having a wee snippet of what happens in the Questbook Discord um, in that particular group's tavern. Um, we have each group have its own, like, tavern or its own, like, you know chat group um and so they have free to do whatever they want in there but it's the only um group i've ever had that uses it so prolifically um yeah so i'm gonna miss that um because it was fun watching that happen during the week and then pop in there for chat before the session usually surrounded by game day game day of them getting <laughs> excited about um thursdays so well i'm gonna miss that a lot um all right I don't know what's up next because I'm um, podcasting off the hiff, but um, that's it for this morning's piece of recording in the car before work.
Okay, so what's next for Jules from NZ? Well, you're going to hear some call-ins from some friends who have called in uh, to the show, leaving voice messages, which you can totally do through the Anchor app at any time. Um, just go have a look on um, your your uh, app downloader, Google Play or whatever it is, um, and download Anchor. You can use Anchor to listen to episodes, but I wouldn't. It's terrible to do so. But you can find mine and then send me a little voice message. Or you can record something on your phone or your computer or whatever um, and send it to me uh, via email if you want. Uh, my email is julesbergeser at gmail.com. Um, I'll play it on the show. Sure. Let's go. Uh, obviously, clean content and, and fun times and RPG or NZ related. But yeah. Um, and these next few call ins are from some of my, my good friends that I've been uh, getting to know over the last few years. One of them I spoke about in kind of a, a recent episode, Joey uh, from Hindsightless, and Jason, who I'm going to be playing in games with for about a year coming up soon. Um, Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and then Kyle from Geomologist uh, replies about uh, the salt marsh info I gave him. So here's. Here's those dudes, those rad, awesome folks uh, for you all. Yo, Jules, your call in the Danza episode was awesome. I really liked it. You did a fantastic uh, recap of the adventure that I ran the day after your birthday. I'm glad you had super fun. Uh, the name of <laughs> the name of that armor is a spider silk bodysuit, and when <laughs> when I saw that, I was just like, "Yep, I need to give her that." <laughs> it just made me laugh. Uh, and yeah, all that stuff about Saltmarsh and Barovia, that was super, super fascinating. You know, Saltmarsh has been around for a long time, um, decades and decades. And I wonder if that the uh, vampire in the basement, if that's like a nod to an old adventure. I don't know. It might just be a vampire in a basement because sometimes you just got to throw a vampire in a basement. Anyway, can't wait for more episodes. Have a good day. I will talk to you soon. Peace out. Hey, Jules, me again. I really enjoyed your unbookings. Uh, they sound awesome, man. It, I thought it was a super cool idea for you to tease, tease the adventures that way. Since you're in the, you know, you're a paid DM now. It's good to, you know, it's good to tease adventures, get people excited to play. Uh, Beyond the Witchlight sounds rad. Sent to Avernus sounds nuts. So I hope you get to read those, play those, run those, all that good stuff. Anyway, happy birthday again. And yeah, happy 2022, dude. 2022, crazy. Anyway, peace out. Hey, Jules. Yes, it was very helpful. Um, all the different ways, and I, I like read some of those things before, but I think uh, you kind of put some things into better perspective and how I could use them. And yeah, I don't know. Now I gotta pick one or roll it randomly, which would be kind of fun. But we'll see where these guys get, how they get into trouble or not. Um, and. Who knows? I mean, I know they had talked about, oh, I want to do Ravenloft, but I think Salt Marsh is so rich already. It's a lot of things to do, so maybe they'll stick in that for a while. We'll see. Yeah, there's a another conundrum in that group. Uh, there was a lot of the players like wanted to, I said, hey, roll 
46 dropped the lowest. Most of the players are like cool with it, but one is pushing back. Hey Jules, Jason here. It occurs to me I didn't call in on your last show. I'm your New Year's call-in show. Sorry about that. As far as GMs and games as players, yeah, some GMs are great players and some are not so great players. So I I don't think it's a a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. But some of the best players definitely are GMs, without a doubt. So, yeah, I think it's just just depends on the person. But speaking of players, I'm looking forward to playing in Joey's Pathfinder game with you. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I look forward to hearing what you do with the, your next episode. So take care. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, dudes. Um, you guys rock calling in all the time and commenting on the stuff and making me feel like I'm not just podcasting into a void. That's good. Um, Jason, you don't have to call in every episode. He's like, oh, I realized I didn't call in. You don't have to. Um, feel free to not to. Um, but I always appreciate it when you do. Um, yeah, Joey, that game was rad. I, I loved every second of it. Um, and the Pathfinder game I played not even that long ago, a few days ago, was rad too. Uh, so rad. I can't stop thinking about it. And I've got a bit of a, um, I don't know, a gameplay, not a breakdown as such. I've got a thing coming. I'll explain it when past me slash for you, future me gets to it. So, um, yeah, it'll be cool. Um, it'll be fun. Um, and, um, oh God, what was I even talking? See, this is what happens when you podcast off the fly. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm really glad Carl, like you got some things out of that. Um, I look forward to actually hearing what you do in Saltmarsh. Um, more than happy to keep talking to you about Saltmarsh because it, it's, it, I think the module is really awesome. So, um, and the place is really cool. So, um, Oh, oh God. I'm so boring. I'm boring myself to yawns. Um, no, it's just really, it's really early in the morning and I'm at work far too early and I'm sitting in my car and waiting for my, um, office to open basically, uh, before I can start work. Uh, and I need a coffee. Um, no, I really look forward to hearing, what you do with salt marsh and if you make it into barovia from salt marsh please tell us everything about that i think that'd be really fun and i know joey's been doing a bit of work out there asking for some reference material for me for greyhawk because you know obviously salt marsh is set in greyhawk um and i don't really know a lot about greyhawk but like i i know what the salt marsh campaign refers to but there's not actually a lot of surrounding um, information. There's just lots of salt marsh based and the towns that are immediately around salt marsh. There's a bit of info on, but there's not really a lot of history or lore or explanations as to why things might be. Cause you, you know, Joey, you're right. Like there might be a reason why that vampire is in a basement. It might be an in joke from the, the creators of this module that I'm just missing because. I don't know the thing, you know, the joke they're referring to. And it'd be really cool to find out if there was links like that. So thank you for doing all the work that you've been doing, finding some cool resources. I am looking into where I can get my hands on some of that stuff um, that you've been talking about. So that's really cool. 
Yeah, I look forward to that. And Carl, like everybody's been saying recently on all of their podcasts and, and messages and stuff, man, it sounds like you have a hard time with players. I mean, I know I I I do not only a session zero. So I've, I've said a million times I do a session zero, right? But I will actually do an individual session zero before I'll do a group session zero. And the reason I do that is because my time is precious to me. I don't have time to waste on running games with people that annoy me or aren't going to play ball or are going to be disrespectful to other people or myself, you know? So I basically have these meetups where I just sort of go like, hey, hi, let's talk to each other and talk about the types of games we like to play and how we like to play and here's how I like to play and here's how I kind of play homebrew. Um, I don't really do it. Um, I do a couple of these things. I, I like to play by the rules. Here's how I would like you to deal with when I don't get the rule right, like how that might work in a game and um, – because I'm not always right, you know, and I don't expect you to not like to sit there and, and, you know, wait if I get things wrong or, um, and here's how I'd like, you know, to run the type of games that I run, like, you know, lots of, um, lots of free form improv role play moments. And it's not all going to be smash bang, next combat, next combat. Cause that's not the sort of game I play. And here's how I like to make characters. These are the rules and, and um, things that I use to make characters. And how does that all sound cool? We both like each other. You like me and I like you. And I think we're going to be a great team as, as players. That's cool. And then we go to the session zero where we actually talk about the game we're playing and the types of characters we might play and we work together as a team to build a party that works for everybody and again we go over some of those rules like here's how character creation works and here's how you know like I use standard array and it and it's totally fine for all of you to do that if you want to I mean you can punish yourselves by rolling four and taking the top three but like you could just use standard array and choose those for yourself if you like. You know, I, I I I give everybody those options and I make sure everybody understands what they're what they're doing, what they're choosing and, and make sure that like that still suits them and all of this before we play anything. So I don't know if you're doing I mean, I know it's a lot of work. I have to make a lot of time to meet people before we even play a game, right? Um but it always feels worth it to me because by the time session one rolls around, I've got a party that knows how this game is going to play, has met me a few times, has like a good solid character that is grounded in the world already, has backstory, has links, has NPCs they know. All of that stuff is all built in. They know how they know each other. Um, and we've got an amazing session one right out of the bag, you know. I, I don't know how your games go, but may, like, and I don't know if you're already doing a lot of that kind of stuff, but if you're not, I would. Like, save yourself the hassle and the time, man. You put in so much work and effort into your games and building these awesome encounters and stuff. Like, it just seems crap to be playing with people who don't appreciate, respect, play by the rules. So, I don't know. That's just 
top of the head, podcasting from the hip, Jules, replying to your message and how I would feel if that was me. I would think it sucked. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, up next is, is past Julia sharing something she got creative with, but it's your future. So enjoy this. Okay, so what you're about to hear next is Haven and Ahera Lewis uh, talking about um, her experiences playing inside Joey from Hindsightless's um, next big campaign that I am lucky enough to be a part of, playing through Pathfinder's epic Wrath of the Righteous. Um, I... I'm hoping I'll be able to continue these diaries the whole way through because it's a nice way of me of capturing what happened, how my character's feeling about things. Um, I really want to be able to connect with her in terms of who she is and and, and what's happening with her and, and make sure I don't miss any of those crucial kind of moments for her and how that might affect her. There's a lot to know about who she is already in terms of what her backstory kind of is. But there's also a surprising amount missing from her that I imagine will be filled in along the way as any good, you know, kind of player uh, bringing a character to the table. I've got uh, a, a paragraph or so about who she is and some things that happened to her in the past, but there is so much missing from Haven. And I think I'll let her explain that in her own diary, in her own way. Um, I hope you enjoy these and it's not dumb and boring um, and that it kind of adds something different than just a, a game play through description of what happened because Joey's doing an amazing job of those over on his podcast so if you're interested in hearing about the actual playthrough from the point of view of the DM uh, definitely go over and check out Hindsightless if you aren't already Um, he's doing an amazing job of breaking that down um, as well as an amazing job of chatting about RPG in general Um, easily one of the most enjoyable um like chat about RPGs, uh, podcasts around. So big recommendations from me. So anyway, um, let's get back to what this is. This is Haven's journal from the adventure playthrough Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. If you don't want spoilers, don't listen to this. What are you up to? It's got giant spoilers in it. It, it can't help but have giant spoilers in it. It's her diary. The Diary of Haven and Ahira Lewis. 16. Eridus. I'm finally here. I'm awake far too early. The tavern I'm staying in doesn't even have breakfast ready to order yet. I didn't really know what to do, so I thought I'd start this journal. Adelram gave it to me along with my shield, which is a treasure gift. I confessed to fear of forgetting if I left everything I knew, and he told me to write everything down so that I have a record just in case, and so that I could share it with him one day. I wish I could write his face, and his kindness, and the strength of his conviction in the Crusades and his faith in Serenre. I hope I never forget, 
but it could happen. I've already forgotten years of my life. I don't even know how old I am. We celebrated my birthday the last few years on the day that I awoke after the incident. So I guess I'm two years old? (laughs) The thought makes me laugh, which suits the giddy vibe all around me. The city stirs with excitement already, and indeed it's hard to sit still when today I could be noticed. I could be chosen for the crusades. I just want to make Master Conrad proud. He's done so much for me since finding me with my insides ripped apart and my mind ripped away. He put a sword in my hand, a purpose in my mind, and a burning light in my soul. I hear this crusade is to be the best, and I cannot wait to lend myself to the efforts to beat the demons back. Maybe then people will stop whispering and the staring. Even now in this new place, I hear them wondering about my eyes, my scars. My glowing, golden eyes I cannot explain. I don't even know if I was born with them. There's no one to tell me if that's true. My scars, however, sometimes, in my nightmares, I can fear the claws rip into me once more, the fire that rips through my body, making me scream out in pain. But who I was, and why, and what I was doing there, and if I was alone, nothing. Pain and fear is all I remember, but I'm sure it's not all that I can be. And I will prove that today. The day is bright, and it's not just the warm sun of the day breaking making me think so. Oof, though there's a chill breeze in the air, it made me shiver. I think I'll wear my jacket. Just in case. 17. Eridus. I'm awake again far too early. No breakfast to order today either. But the depth of difference in the noise I hear around me today makes my chest tight and tears tremble, threatening to fall. The difference. But I must be brave because there is much to fear but also too much to do to let the fear take hold. I can hear the breathing of those huddled sleeping around me. Those who need me to keep them alive and return them safely to the surface. To what? I'm not exactly sure. The kite was broken. The city destroyed. And the silver defender who I've heard tales about, even she. But I cannot write it. It's it's too horrible to think about. And said I'll burn the memory of that look into my mind when she told me I looked good in gold. But she looked better in silver. And then she changed into the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. A glorious silver mass of wings and scales as she flew to defend us all. And what she said, Guardian's work is never over, is it, Haven? How did she know my name? What did she mean by Guardian? And when she entreated us to save them right before the sword? No, no, not that either. Do not commit that to the permanence of ink. Leave her soaring glorious and strong towards that figure of flames and death. Did she mean for us to care for those who are now lost with us? Strange party I find myself with. We haven't exactly had time to introduce ourselves. Between the giant maggots and the trickster evil priest and the temple we've done our best to restore, there hasn't exactly been time for socialising. 
which is probably good considering I don't know who I am or what exactly I would say. There are three injured with us also who need protecting. They bicker amongst themselves and threaten to leave each other behind or worse, but they are good. I can, I can feel it in my bones. So I'll do my best to help all of them. I think the large one with the demon horns is stirring. He says he's a dwarf, like the other rainbow jacket wearing fellow. I've never met a dwarf who's so tall. Never met a woman with such grey skin either, or an elven fellow who has magic contained in his fingers that apparently he gets from books. But he also prays to the dawnflower so brightly. So it's nice to find the sun shines here still in the darkness of where we fell down through the earth. There is much to learn in this new world, including how to get out of here and back to the light. I wish Master Conrad was here. He'd know what to do. Then I could tell him I won the purse at the dagger-making contest. Not that it matters now. Nothing matters now. But keeping everyone here alive. And I think that's it for today, for today's episode. Uh, lots of uh, diaries and expo- expositions. I think that's the word I was looking for. I don't know, it's early, I'm yawning. Um, lots of pieces of uh, different game puzzles. Um, that is what I'm focusing a lot on at the moment. Um, I didn't get to tell you about the My Little Pony game that I ran, but I'm looking forward to telling you all about that very soon um, because that was really fun. I may even um, give a Patreon special of uh, the playthrough that I did with um, Barry from Shadow of a GM and uh, from Gerard from the Fate of Eisen podcast. So um, if you're interested in that, then I guess you'll just have to join Jules from NZ's Patreon. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, did you know I had one? I haven't mentioned it in a while, but um, those folks who are my gems uh, mean a lot to me, and they definitely enable me to do um, some cool things, uh, like have a website. Uh, thanks for that, my gems. So uh, James, Jason, Barry, Laren, Ezekiel, and Joey, um, they're all stars in my life. Uh, they, they definitely help me out in more ways than they would probably actually realize, so... Um, yeah, it'd be nice to give them something as a treat, something special. Um, and, uh, oh God, I've got so much other stuff to talk to you about all the things I did on my week off and, and nerdy, uh, fun things that happened and fighting fantasy book, which I bought for the first time and get like PlayStation games that I played for the first time and I'm I'm watching Witcher TV series and all sorts of things like that um I'm having a blast out there just really embracing my nerdy geeky uh, fantasy loving self and all the paths that that leads me down um which is kind of awesome really so um yeah thanks for listening Thanks for supporting Jules from NZ. Um, thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for coming to follow me on Twitter at Jules Bergeser and at Instagram and Facebook at 
Jills from NZ. Um, I know a few of you follow me all over the place and I really appreciate your stuff. You can also see me do some really silly, um, crazy RPG things and sing some songs and things like that over on uh, Jills from NZ on YouTube as well. So if you haven't checked out those, please feel free to go over and check out that stuff too. I'm going to get out of here because uh, my work email has been pinging <laughs> a couple of times already. So, uh, yay, work's about to start. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it already has. So, um, I'm going to get out of here and go be boring on the 9 to 5 that I have to do that enables me to live the fantasy life of my dreams outside of that. So, inohora, kakite ano, aroha nui. Love you heaps. Mwah. Have a great day out there and take care of yourselves. See you again soon. Bye.